spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans, for the fans. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ragin' Review podcast. The overly negative, laughed at, not taken seriously, <laughs> and misinformation spreading Ragin' Review podcast, the only fan podcast of Louisiana Athletics. Got Nick and Jerry with me today, and, uh, you know, there's some news afoot, so we're going to try to cover some things, probably air some grievances as well. So, let's get after it. Um, there's some there's some raging review slander about the interwebs this week. Uh, I'm gonna be careful here. I'm gonna do my best to not make Jerry have a heart attack. But look, man, here's the thing. You can't on one hand say that you don't take it seriously, and then on the other hand say we have so much power that Brian Maggard had to release a statement that we were keeping Bob Marlin employed. I mean, come on, guys. We gotta have some. We gotta have some amount of level headedness here. Uh, but but seriously, you know. My MO is that I don't tell people how to be fans. You know, Jay Walker is a really good friend of mine. We've sparred over the years. And so one of our biggest disagreements is that I would always tell him, hey, man, you can't tell people how to be fans. I don't care if there's going to be a social club element to the basketball program. They give their money. It's America. Go over and, and enjoy the games the way you want to enjoy the games. And if you're going to take up residence in that neighborhood of the fandom uh, uh, city, town, don't you dare come across the tracks to my side of the neighborhood and piss in my driveway and tell me how to be a fan. That's just not how this is going to go. If you don't like how quote-unquote negative we are, you have a podcast. Why don't, the, why don't the Rebounders Club, I would love to hear the Rebounders Club have a podcast. Can you imagine? You know, but look, that's a road we don't probably want to go down. Uh, we, we don't talk a ton of basketball, and there's a reason for that. I think over the years we have gotten a light lighter on basketball and call it criticism, call it what you want to call it. We've tried to be neutral while still living in reality. We provide stats. We give, you know, the, the, the staff's record against RPI top 200, top 100, D1 wins, postseason record, uh, scheduling opponents has been a hot topic. We've never attacked Bob Marlin as a man. We've never attacked any coach. We don't attack players. We don't, we don't get personal about basketball. But here we are in the middle of a highly emotional retention of a coach, and the podcast is being blamed for spreading misinformation. How insane is that? We've jumped the shark on this thing. It's, it's, not, even, it's not even rooted in reality anymore. And it's just not fair. We work too hard here. We put too many hours into this thing. And... This is how we are fans. Call, you, everybody has their own opinion. I understand that. And I also understand that when you tell the truth, it can rub people the wrong way sometimes. I fully accept that. I, I wear it. I own it. Especially my style. Okay? I get, I get all of that. But don't, don't spread BS about the podcast, which, by the way, is taken very seriously. And another great thing about when these things happen, you find out who really listens to the pod. I've been very encouraged to find out who's actually listening to the pod. As, <laughs> trying to make Jerry laugh over there. It's funny who actually listens to the pod. You know, that it's funny, you know, 
it's not taken seriously, but it's taken so seriously that, you know, they have to put statements out. It's just incredible. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my time and work my way through this. I don't want to get too emotional about it because I am fired up. You can tell the fan base is fired up about it. People that listen to Rage and Review regularly is, are, are fired up about it. And we, we obviously, we appreciate the support of our listeners, but the stuff that's being talked about on Twitter, Facebook, all the, the, the boards and all this stuff, look, we told y'all that they were going to retain Bob Marlin. We got on here two weeks ago and said, hey, how would you feel? Why do you think we said that? There was a reason. We're softening the blow, guys. We knew it was coming. So th- there's no misinformation here. We live in reality. And that's, all, that's the only reason we exist is so we can have conversations as fans and provide an outlet that does not exist. The outlet to be a fan and talk about the reality that we see. When you put out a poll and 90% of people either don't care or are not happy about retaining a coach, that is newsworthy, folks. It doesn't matter if basketball is over. Basketball is not over. They just announced that we're keeping, keeping the head coach of the basketball program a few days ago. That is newsworthy. So look, y'all can save it, man. We're going to talk about news surrounding the, athletic, the athletics program. That's what we're here for. What do you think, Jerry? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I think everything you said is pretty much on point. Um, you know, emotions get high. And a lot of times, see, one, one thing about our culture here in, in Louisiana is we, like, we're Cajuns, right? I mean, naturally, we're going to accept you for who you are. We're going to take you in and you become part of our family. Um, I think there's, and this is just a personal opinion. I think when it comes to that, though, sometimes it can backfire, not in a bad way, but in a way that sometimes you just have to let the coach do their job. Um, They're hired here to do a job. It's to produce results. It's to try to run a clean program. It's to represent the brand in the best way possible to people outside of our, our fan base to the country. And I think Bob Marlin's done a fantastic job of representing the program in a good way. Um, but at the end of the day, it's also a result oriented um, industry. And when I see the last four years of finishing fifth, eighth, fourth and eighth in the Sunbelt conference, that's a, that's data. That's not emotion. That's not us having an agenda. That is the data. That is the legitimate statistics of what's happened in the program in the past four years. So that's going to draw interest. That's going to draw concern with most of the fan base. And so because of that, after this year, people, some, a lot of people are, are some want to change fans. Some fans want to change. Now that's not everybody that a lot of fans want to retain coach Marlin. That's fine. That's not our decision. That's up to the administration. They made a decision. They have to live by the decision. And so we're going to see what happens next season, plain and simple. Um, But to say that our fan podcast is the reason why, um, why, why they had to release a statement. I mean, look, my reaction is this. I never thought we had that type of pull (laughs) as as a fan podcast. And look, it's just a little bit of, you know, some people just took it and went in another direction with it. That's fine. That's their opinion. They have a right to that opinion. Um, at the same time, uh, I don't think we have that type of pull. Again, we're just the voice. We're just a segment of the fan base that has a voice just like everybody else. And for me personally, I respect everybody's opinion. It's their opinion. 
but, but don't get mad if I have a different opinion than you. Um, this is all of our program. This isn't, this isn't John Smith's program. This isn't Mary Smith's program. This is all of our programs. So, you know, there's a, there tends to be, um, not issues that arise, but I definitely think there are conflicts when you have segments of the fan base. And, and really this is kind of our, I'm not going to call it a weakness of our fan base as a whole, but a lot of times I feel that our fan base is very much segmented, right? You've got your softball fans, you've got your football fans, you've got your basketball fans, you've got your baseball fans, you've got your soccer fans, your track fans, your tennis fans, and they're all kind of segmented. And a lot of times you have fans of those particular sports and stay on that avenue with that sport. And so they become more involved. Whereas people like us, I mean, we support everything Louisiana Raging Cajun. I do it. Nick, you're a supporter of all the sports. Josh, you're a supporter of all the sports. And so you kind of see it from an outsider's perspective, right? And I think in a situation like this, you have a huge overall broad fan base that feels the same way, but then you have the segment of the basketball fan base that feels the same way. And so that type of issue collides. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. But at the end of the day, we're not, I'm not Brian Maggard. I'm not Tijo Savoy. They make those decisions. They made a decision and we live with it. We live with the decision, regardless of what we think, regardless of how we react. Bob Marlin's coming back next year and we're going to see what happens. So, you know, look, emotions are high. I get it, but there's no control we have over it. But as fans, we have every right to express our views because everybody has an opinion. And so if people are going to get offended by it, it is what it is. But I'm, look, man, I'm not losing sleep over this, okay? It is what it is. Um, So now we just continue to be fans. And if we want to be fans by not supporting the team or supporting the team or giving money here, giving there, that's all right. So our podcast is here to, to just give a perspective from the fans. Look, we're not professionals here, all right? We don't work for radio stations. Well, Matt does now, but... I don't work for a radio station. You don't work for a radio station. We're not, we're not printing. We're not working part of like newsprint media. We're just fans giving opinions. And so, and on that note, you can, I, just, you can disagree with it. You can a, disagree with it if you want, but it is what it is. And look, the decision was made. We live with it and uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. Jerry, I'm very interested to get Nick's point of view on this because Nick was a listener and now he's part of the podcast to a, to a large degree. I mean, he's the first ever guest host, but I would say this. The fan podcast, it's, it's become a very popular thing across the country. Most all legitimate programs have one. The podcast exists to create discourse. It exists to drive attention towards athletics. In what, on what planet is that a bad thing? It doesn't matter if it's overly positive, if it's overly negative, which we are not either one of those things. We are in the middle. We try to do as, our best job to bring facts and to speak intelligently about what we know, what we hear, what we connected to, what we see on the field. That is the entire reason that we exist. So the people on, on the propaganda page, the Facebook page, regardless of if they like our opinion or not, they should stop and think you know, we should be happy that anybody's even paying attention to the fan podcast because it brings attention to the basketball program. And that's a fact, Jack. It doesn't matter. Publicity is, what's the old saying? Any publicity is good publicity? Well, look, we get plenty of that. So if I'm, a, if I'm a propaganda page member, I understand the value in conversation about men's basketball. Nick, go ahead. Yeah, so, Jerry, you, you, riddle, you both really hit the nail on the head. 
when as a listener, I'm new to this, right? So as a listener of you guys, what I expect is passion. I expect you to be critical. Okay. We, we, you, me, we don't have press passes and we don't have the connectivity with the program to, to, you know, get, we don't, we, we don't get to attend press conferences. We don't get to ask them questions. We don't get to host them on our podcast as of now. So the point of this podcast is a fan podcast. And that's, that's the beauty of it. We get to be critical. We get to ask those questions. How many times on the message boards when, when our buddy Jay Walker, who's the broadcaster for Louisiana, oh, well, Jay's not calling Maggard out on this. Well, guess what? We can. He might not be able to because he's got, he's got that level of connectivity with the program, and he represents not only the program but his station and his, his career. We don't have that, right? So we get to be critical and give our opinions. And I will say – Part of being a fan is saying, hey, do you know what we heard? Hey, guess what we heard? And get, and sometimes that that will be true. Sometimes that's not going to be true. In, in this case, it was true. That exactly what we said happened would happen actually happened. So you need to back up and realize we're not, we're not TV 10. We're not TV 3. We're not the broadcaster for the university. We're a fan podcast. It's like a glorified tailgate conversation that we're having with three people who are passionate about the program. So for you to say that there's disinformation, if we, if we get it wrong, we get it wrong, but we didn't get it wrong. Number one, number two, we're a fan podcast that like you, Jerry said, Oh, we really have the power to force the university to make a make an announcement? No, that's not what happened. There's there was a lot of pressure from the fan. You can see it on the message boards right now. There's a lot of chatter with two very clear sides to this argument. And the university was getting chatter from those two sides of the argument. So they had to let us know what was going on. Could you imagine if we go another three months and no announcements made? It's not because of of the podcast this announcement was made. It's because everybody, it was a big elephant in the room and it had to, had to be spoken upon. Do we agree with it? Not necessarily. Will I support the basketball team next year? Absolutely. I hope they win every single game. So again, perspective. We're not the media. We're a podcast. And and I'll just leave it at that. It's it's great. It, all, everything you said is is dead nuts on. Here's the other thing. Jay was on with Scott a week ago, and he said, we're waiting for the decision from the university. These are official voices for the university, the athletics department. This is the official partner in media, KPL, talking about there being a decision. Do you really think that this podcast had anything to do with that? It's an outrageous thing to say. Now, look, I'm going to lean into it and say, yeah, we had something to do with it because it's great for us. <laughs> but, I mean, in reality, it is such an absurd thing to say. Okay, there is a disconnect. So everybody can agree that our basketball hardcore fans uh, mostly are boomers, Gen Xers, and, and older than that. Okay, and then the newer fans that have, have a little bit more of a voice – we communicate in a completely different way. Our generation, the millennial generation, communicates on message boards, on Twitter, on Facebook, on social media. Okay, we text message. There are screenshots, this, that, and the other. The way we communicate is completely different than the, the segment of the fan base uh, for basketball that I mentioned previously. They communicate on phone calls. They meet with each other. They get on the propaganda page, the Facebook fan basketball page, and all they do is, is cheerlead and pom-pom, 
and, and, and everything's got to be positive. They don't understand that it's not a billboard for his success. It's not a billboard to say how the program is doing and the health of the program. They, they, think that, they think that when we communicate the way we communicate, that we're just broadcasting for everybody that, you know, what was the basketball program? And, you know, we, 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 everybody's got to know how bad things are. But it's not, that, that is the communication ocean between the two generations. We, we, our discourse happens online. Whether they like it or not, our discourse happens online. It's sometimes going to be negative, sometimes going to be positive. Sometimes it's going to be innocuous. But, but that is something that the basketball fan page does not understand, and it's got to be pointed out. Look, man, I've said this before. We can't write $25,000 checks to the basketball program. We can't do it. What we can do to help the basketball program or athletics as a whole is do what we know how to do. We can talk about it, and we can have a podcast about it because we're passionate and we care about it. It's a difference of the way that we support. We have expectations. We, we don't look at the basketball program as a social club. We don't look at the propaganda page as a way to, to just have a billboard for Bob. It's just a different, it's a difference in approach. And they get so upset. There's no reason to get upset, guys. It's just a difference in communication. I wish more people understood that on that page. And I've been banned from the page because I got on there and wrote his record against D1. I literally just wrote stats that you can go look up on any internet website, and they threw me off. I, this is what I'm talking about. It's, it's I, you know, you don't want to use the C word around here, but the, the cultist vibe that you get from these certain folks, if you have any dissenting opinion, you're out, buddy. You are not, you're not welcomed here. Jerry, am I off? Well, like, it goes back, it goes back to what we talked about. I think our fan base is unique in that it's segmented. Every sport has its own share of fans. Like you've seen it with softball, right? Well, I only support softball, but I really don't go to football games or I support basketball. I don't go to baseball games. I only support baseball, but I'm not going to go to the soccer match. I don't care about that. I only care about my sport. And so when you become that invested in that particular sport, emotions become more invested as well because you're putting more time into that sport. So you're becoming more into, uh, I guess the word is infatuated with knowing the coach, knowing the players, knowing this, knowing that, and it becomes an emotional investment. And I think that's what we've seen. I think that's, I mean, really, that's kind of what we've seen with basketball recently is, you know, look, Coach Marlon's seat from public perception was getting hot. So a lot of those people that are emotionally invested, that are emotionally invested with the program, were getting pretty emotional about it. You know, the emotions are going to fly. That's natural. That's fine. Um, and look, to, the, to credit the basketball page, I, look, I go there. I think there's, I think there's fair, I think there's a fair debate in there because I've seen some comments as well of people disagreeing and I've seen some open debates about it. I think as long as, you know, you look, you're going into, um, you're going into their territory. You know, when you start talking about their sport, I mean, look, baseball fan page is the same way. Football fan page is the same way. When you go into their neighborhood, you know, you go into their house, you know, you do have to bring a sense of decorum. Now that doesn't, justify it but you just have to know you're going into their territory right so i think in this particular case because the topic was so um conflicted uh it's going to bring a lot of debates out um you know and and look they're going to have points of view that we don't see and we're going to have points of view that they they're not going to see or understand so i just think it's a very hot topic amongst people i mean look the reality is like you said we took a poll i mean we took a poll and, and we did it on purpose because we wanted to see the vibe of the fan base and what they thought of, of retention of the coach. Right. And only 11% were excited about it. 
You know, only 11%. I mean, that's Out not... Out of 200 people. I mean, look, you want to... No, that's a good sample size for the basketball well, program right now. That's because, not... But, let's be but honest, there, there you, might not be 200 people in the dome. But you see, to some of those fans that are, are loyal to the program, like, they see it as agenda-driven. It's not agenda-driven. It's an open question. Look, they got supporters of the coach and supporters of the program that have Twitter. And, and you know, they can vote yes. They can vote excited. But 11% voted excited. That's not agenda driven. That's just asking an open question. We did the same thing. I think when when Des was hired, how did you like to hire? What did you think? Right? We Jerry, do it with Jerry, everything. What agenda? What agenda? Well, I mean, we're, but I'm just saying, like some of these people claim that we're we're have this agenda of being negative towards basketball. I mean, exactly. that's not true. Um, and that's what I'm saying. And everything we do is conversation driven. It doesn't matter what the topic is, if it's negative, positive, or in between. The, the way that we get attention to the podcast is is conversational. We've got to see who what people are talking about and what they want to talk about. They the fans, it's you know the tagline is for the fans by the fans. It's all about people. We are mirroring what people are talking about. There's no agenda. We go out and find what people want to talk about. The well, agenda, it, the agenda, Josh, is that we want winning programs and we want the same level, high expectations for every single sport of the university. That, that's the only agenda yep. that any of us have, period. Oh, agreed. Agreed. And I think I think that's the thing, though. It makes me wonder, you know, and, and again, we're not telling you how to be a fan, but it makes me wonder, do some people in any sport, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, Let's 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 be honest. Not every fan shares that same agenda with us. There's some fans who would just they'll pay money and go to the games and have a beer and they don't care if we win or lose. And that's fine. That's them. But we have a different agenda than that. And if we have certain expectations and certain standards and we have standards that that may disappoint us after a loss, don't get on us for being upset that we lost. You know, look, baseball right now, Nick, you all three of us, all three of us are invested in this baseball program. We go to the games. We, we watch, we know who's pitching. We know who's hitting. We know the stats of, of this and that. And, you know, we're nine and 11 right now. We're nine and 11. That's not going to make us happy. That's not going to make us excited. And look, even coach Deggs, it can tell you, he could be right here and say the same thing. We're not where we need to be. The players will be could, in the locker room could say the same thing right now. We're not where we need to be. Does that mean we're being that does that mean we're being critical or too crucial? No. That's just as fans realizing that we're not hitting our expectations. And that's okay. Some fans, if you don't, if you just want to go to the game and don't care if we go 15 and, and 45, that's your prerogative. We don't have that prerogative. We're different. We want to win. We want to host regionals again. We want to go to Omaha. That's our expectation. If you don't have that expectation, that's fine. You're a fan. You pay money. You do. You you support your team in the way you want to support your team, but it's like you said earlier, Josh. Don't come in our. Don't come on our side of the street. Don't don't, don't come on our side of the street and be critical. No, seriously, don't piss on my driveway. I'm I'm gonna run with that. But look, again, if if you're one of those fans that like to go hang out, perfectly fine. Just don't come after us when we want to win. We want to succeed. We know what it means for an athletic department to push a university and a community forward, okay? Look, I had, I remember when Billy Napier got hired, I remember I brought up the fact, now, of course, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty now because we've had results, but I remember before, um, you know, HUD got us to some nine and four seasons. You know, we didn't win any outright conference championships, but I knew the goals with Billy was to get us over that hump to win us a conference championship, which he did. 
But one of the things I remember, and I don't even know if I posted this on one of the message boards or I told this to a bunch of my friends. I said, look, Billy can get us in the top 25. Actually, we should be aiming for the top 25. And most of the reaction was positive, but some people thought I was crazy when I said that. Like, top 25? We've never been in the top 25. We can't be in the top 25. But because people like Billy Napier set high standards and expectations for the football program, what happened? Two years, not only were we in the top 25 one year, we were in the top 25 two years, one of which we finished number 15 in the, in the country, right? That's what I mean by expectations. Some of it may seem, you know, oh, well, that's not, that can never happen. But is it, is it, a, is it a, a bad thing to set at high expectations and at least aim for a high goal? I mean, that's, that's all I'm saying here. And, and for me, when I tell people we were going to be top 25 again, they thought I was nuts. They're like, there's no way you're crazy. You're thinking you're, oh, you're way overthinking this and look what happened. So this culture of can't, we can't do this. We can't do that. I'm going to, I'm going to call nonsense on it every time. You know, you know what I want for this basketball program? I want to see what I want what, for this basketball program. I want to see for this basketball program, what St. Peter's is doing right now. I want to go, dude, I, I hope Bob Marlin takes us to the Sweet 16 next year. I want to see my name on a bracket. I want to see this team win 30 games. I want to see the Cajun Dome packed. Now, there'll be some people that'll disagree with me and say, that's not real, that can't happen. But is it a sin to have a goal like that? No. But again, that's my expectations as a fan. If, you, if your expectation is I don't care how we finish and I just want to go to the games and have a beer and eat peanuts, that's you but I have expectations and don't get mad at me for having those expectations. Everybody has different expectations. That's okay. If Loyola, you okay. Loyola Chicago can go to the final four. I think we can be expected to win a damn tournament game. I don't think that that's outrageous. You know what I mean? Nick, maybe you have a different idea. Look, I'll got, look, no, I, I agree with you. And I was a little disappointed by comments I heard on a radio show this week that said, well, our fans look at, look at, teams out there like St. Peter's and say, well, that can be us. Well, no, that's an enigma. I, I, I don't agree with that at all. You know? And, and again, it's a culture of can't No, it's, it's not Gonzaga who heard of Gonzaga before they started winning in basketball and Gonzaga is not a P five football team. No, they built their culture by getting into the tournament, winning consistently, getting into the tournament. Consi- first of all, getting in consistently winning consistently, consistently and now here they are and i think my problem is again going back to you jerry is hearing people associated with the program saying oh that's an enigma we shouldn't expect that hell no i expect it i expect that somehow in football we're gonna we're gonna be in the conversation for a national championship one day because i'm not about can't i'm about why not why can't we tell me why we can't um well, so yeah i i agree 100 percent like I want every, I want everything to be successful. I, and, and again, HUD, I was a hundred percent in support of HUD for the first few years. And when things started going South and start things started happening within the program and we weren't as successful, I was critical of HUD. Is that bad of me? Should we have kept them another 10 years? Um, it, it, Napier would have been the same way. Napier got it to the top 25, but I guarantee you in four years, if we haven't been ranked and gotten into a championship game, we'd be having the same conversation about him. So it's not about the person. It's about the success. Vic Schaefer, coach of, of Texas basketball, said it best on a, a Zoom I was invited to the other day. He said, I ain't, I ain't paid to make mistakes and I ain't paid all this money to lose. 
I'm paid for results. And, and that right there should be the same standard for every single coach that we have at our university period, no matter who they are, no matter how much I like them, it's a results driven business. And that goes, that goes to my next question. Like you said about the, like we talked about the culture of can't if, I mean, what is, what, what is, what is your standard? If you don't have a standard of aiming high, what is it? Do you have one? You know, I think that's a big thing that we as Cajun fans sometimes look, sometimes we forget about those because again, we, we invest our culture, our actual Cajun culture within the athletic program. And what is our culture? Well, we, we cook, we, we like to have fun. We drink beer. We have, you know, we, we socialize, but how much of that interferes with having a standard that can put us on the map. Right. Um, I look at programs like softball. I mean, look right now, look at their standard. They're what 18, 19 and five or 19 and six right now, or 19 and seven. And you know, they're not, I don't even know if they're in the, I don't think they're in the top 25 at the moment because they have a lot of young freshmen on the team and you know, their fans are very, you know, a lot of them are freaking out because we're not reaching that certain standard. Well, why is that? Because we have a standard. We want to go to Oklahoma city and win national championships, you know, same thing with baseball. You know, I mean, Deggs, when he got hired said, I want to go to Omaha. And he says, I'm, you know, I, I expect us to go through the gates of Omaha in his opening press conference. And, and we want to, uh, he's like, I, I, um, we can win a national championship because I fully intend on it. That's the standard in baseball. Right. So of course, when you're nine and 11, people are going to be upset about it. But if you have no standard, then what is your standard? Do you, I mean, if, or I'm saying, if you don't think that's a high standard, what is it? And I think sometimes we tend as fans to, kind of get away from that and more and more about the social aspect. And that's okay. Again, that's okay. But once again, here at, here at Rage Review, we have different standards and don't get mad at us if we come up short and, 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 and be a little critical sometimes because we don't reach that standard. There's nothing wrong with that. We're just fans. You know, what we talk about is what people are talking about in the streets. It's yes. what they're talking about at legends. It's what they're talking about at the, at corner bars. It's what they're talking about you know, at the tailgate, like you said, this is almost like a tailgate podcast. So, I mean, that's my spiel on it. I, I, I'm, I mean, I think I'm, I think I'm, I think we're, I'm pretty much spot on on what our goals are here. You are. And look, if you don't have a standard for the program, this podcast isn't for you. It's that simple. We're not trying to, we're not trying to appeal to the masses. We're not Amazon. I, I don't care if you think that we're too negative. Don't listen, but we're going to do what we think is the right thing to do here. Anyway, Bob's coming back. We knew he was coming back. We said as much. Uh, Maggard went on to uh, it was Scott's show day before yesterday, or maybe it was yesterday, uh, and he made some comments that uh, didn't really land well for the fan base, and I want to talk about that. You know, when we started to talk about Marling possibly coming back, we said, we support it. We understand why you would do it, but you got to get the messaging correct. The messaging has got to be right. You have to let the fan base know this is the last year. This is the swan song. That is, in my, in our view, uh, the only way you can galvanize the fan base for one last ride. I don't think we did that. I don't think Brian did that very well. And listen, I'm, I'm a Brian Maggard fan, uh, but I will say, you can't go on the radio and say he's got, that Bob Marlin's got a 75% winning percentage here because it's simply not true. In fact, it's not even close. And I initially thought, you know, maybe he just misspoke. Maybe, you know, heat of the moment. When I listened to the interview, he said it three times. So it wasn't a misspeak. It was 
kind of in that propaganda mold that we talk about. And it didn't sit well with me. And if I'm reading into it on the Twitterverse and everywhere else, it didn't sit well with a lot of folks. I think that needs to be talked about. Another thing he didn't say was that this was Bob's swan song and he's going to retire. Now, maybe he's going to allow Bob to say that himself, which is fine and probably the right way to go. Uh, But I still think the messaging is a little bit short on where it needs to be. Guys, how did you feel about the comments about the winning percentage? Well, I'll tell you, Josh, to to add on to that, I, I do believe he said specifically it's not a swan song. This is not right. So he left that door wide open. And I don't know about the 75% thing. I don't know where he got that from. I don't know why he would say it. The biggest concern I have with all of this, and even he said it, the, the words came out of his mouth. Well, I get that there's going to be an issue with recruiting and holding on to players and watching the transfer portal. And yeah, you that that's a big thing that I'm looking at is how do you recruit a kid to a coach that, well, we're not firing him, but he may be here next year, but he might be retiring because we talked about that, but we're not quite sure, but we're focused on next year. Uh, that's really tough for a kid to make a decision on the next four years of where he's going to school and playing basketball. If you're not even sure you're going to have the same coaching staff or players that are there this year, you know, that, that transfer portal hasn't really hit us yet. Uh, I saw we had one, one kid that we expected to transfer enter the portal and he did. So I think it'll be telling in the next few weeks, what we hear or don't hear on the, on the transfer portal. But I think that the limbo that you never see. I, I can't tell you one coach that I can remember of, of coaching through the end of his contract and, and not having an extension or being fired. That limbo that we're going to be living in is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Again, I don't, you know, my position, I was supportive. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, well, we got to do something because it's going to hurt our recruiting and hurt our, our players and get them in the transfer portal. But uh, I, I don't know really what, I, I don't know what to think of it other than other than I think it's going to end up costing us a year in where we could r- truly be rebuilding the program. So uh, it was it was kind of anticlimactic, that whole conversation that they had. I think that's a good way to describe it, Nick, anticlimactic, because we already knew what was going to happen. Um, but at the same time, the the I understand why. He didn't mention or he didn't, he mentioned there's no swan song. Uh, I think it opens up that opportunity for the question of what happens if next year we go on a run and we make the tournament, right? Um, at that point, the debate comes in is do, do you give coach Marlin an extension? And we don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's the circumstance at which we, we compete next year, right? If we go, you know, 13 and 14 and somehow sneak in and get lucky and go to the dance, you know, is that good enough? I don't know. Maybe. But if you go 27 and seven, like an 18 and you get over that hump and go to the dance, you know, who knows you, you can, ex- you know, you give him an extension. Maybe he can do it again. Um, that's where it's very, it's very intriguing to me because it does put you in a very odd predicament. Um, but again, I, I don't, I really don't know. It's a very complicated situation and that's why I'm not, I'm not, the athletic director. I'll let them you know, decide that. You know what else is going to be weird about this is the fact that us as fans, or I should say we as fans, I guess that's why I failed English in high school. We as fans, how do I as a fan 
separate my pulling for our team to do well next season, but at the same time saying, well, if they do too well, maybe we retain Marlon and then we're back into this five year loop where he does really well. And then we go through some not so good times. And then a couple seasons where we're mediocre or below average. And then we're back in the tournament making noise five years later. So that's going to be for me the the struggle I have is where I think it is time to move on from him, but I still want to make that tournament next year. I don't know how people are going to balance that. So it will be interesting to see the reaction because I'm not, I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. So it will be interesting to see how other people feel in that regard next season. We knew it was coming. I had time to prepare myself. It's, it's again, like I said, Bob to some degree is owed a certain amount of respect. And and of course there are 10 different ways you can go with that, but you got to get the messaging proper to the fan base. And look, I like Brian. I said it already. I, I, I'm disappointed in, in the comments. If I'm going to be truthful, I, I just thought that it was not executed properly. I can't tell you how much I think that the, the messaging is so important on this. And then I, I see that, and I've been called by people and texted by people and saying, you know, is Brian, what, what's going on? Is it coming from above his head? Which I believe that. I don't think that, I know that he owned it, but that's what a good leader does, right? They own it. I don't think that, that he called that shot. You can't on one hand say, I want all of our athletic programs to top finish top three in the conference and compete for conference championships and then finish eighth in the conference. And yes, I know we made a title run in the conference tournament, but that's not the same thing. That is not his own standard that was set. So I, I just have a hard time believing that he made the decision, but he fell on the sword like a good leader does. Okay. But then you go and, and you kind of muddle the messaging. There's a lot of unresolved dead end, or it's not a dead end, but there are open ends to, the, to this entire situation, no matter how you present it to the fans or to recruits or to coaches or whatever. We don't even know what kind of continuity we're going to keep. We don't know if the staff are going to stay. We don't know which players are going to stay. We, we're hearing rumors that one of the, you know, larger named guys on this program are, are looking at, uh, at leaving. And, you know, again, that's a rumor. Don't take it to the bank. We're not spreading false information. I'm just telling you what's, what's being said. Uh, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen next year. But we had to put a premium on, premium on messaging if we wanted to keep any amount of the fan base that didn't belong to the Rebounders Club. And I, I think we're making a mistake on how we're selling this thing. Look, again, emotions are high. So people are going to find a reason to be upset. People are going to find a reason to be happy, regardless of which side you're on. Um, I think at this point, like again, there's so many unknowns because – what if what if you say it's a farewell tour, then he goes and wins 30 games and makes the Sweet 16? Then what do you do? Right. Now, I, not to be mean, but I don't think I don't think that's most likely gonna happen. But you gotta look at the small opportunity that it can, right? You know, the the one in a million like St. Peter's is doing right now, that's definitely possible for us, even though some people would say no, even though I would totally disagree with them on that. It is possible. So then what do you do? You know, at that point, it's almost by default you kind of have to consider it. So I think that's kind of the side that, that Dr. Maggard's coming from. I think at that end, on that end of the argument, you think about those things as an athletic director, you know, you look at the what if scenarios. Um, sure. And we said as much on, on the last episode, well, second to last episode, we said as much, it's exactly where we were coming from when we said 
the reasons to keep Bob are such and such. But we also said, you got to sell it properly. The package has to be right. And I don't think it is. Do you think, do you think Josh, the reason it's the messaging was so muddled yesterday was because like you said, he made this decision may not have been his decision. And so now he's trying to piece it together to get the messaging out there. And it's not, I mean, I've seen Maggard de- deliver decisions and they were pretty straightforward and they gave you a clear vision and you knew what was coming and you knew what his expectations were. But yesterday in that muddled mess of an interview, it seems like that, that may, I would think may be part of why it was so unclear is because that's not, the decision that he would have come to you had he been able to make it on his own. It's out of character for him, which is why it's so disappointing. It's like you said, he's very clear. He always has a plan. This seems like thrown together last minute. Let's go save face on the radio. That's kind of how it came off to me. It just didn't sound like Brian Maggard, you know, and I don't want to make this thing any, any bigger than it has to be, but you're right. It was not clear. It's almost like as if he was aggravated that he even had to mention it. But the entire point of the interview was to address those things. So I don't know if he's frustrated with the entire situation. I don't know if as he was saying the things he was saying, he was realizing that this is going to be a mark on my resume or, you know, dare I say my credibility. I think the guy's a great athletic director. I want him to stay as long as he can or as long as he wants to. But there's no way around it. This was a mistake from a messaging standpoint. The decision is the decision, okay? This is, this is totally separate than that. The mistake is the communication to the fan base. And I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. I do appreciate, though, his comments regarding fans' reactions and our opinions. And I think this goes back to the last topic where he said, I appreciate that. I will never block anybody for their opinion. They're passionate. I get it. And I appreciate and I welcome everyone's opinions, good, bad, ugly, whatever. So aside from, from the Marlon thing, I do appreciate him saying that because that kind of touches on what we just talked about where our own fans are not taking that same stance. So uh, just wanted to throw that out there as well. And Brian Maggard, official friend of the pod. <laughs> that's, that's true. Like, there goes Jerry laughing, but it's true. All right, He's guys. been on here. Yeah, no, we've He's interviewed him, here. and we know he listens. So, Yeah. Baseball. Not very good right now. Midweeker at, uh, at Nichols. Where do you start? I thought the ninth inning was a microcosm of the season. You, <laughs> you walk guys, you don't throw strikes. You bring in your best reliever. He gets hit a little bit, makes a few mistakes that he's not typically going to make. Uh, you had a ground ball to basically end the game, and your best defensive infielder boots it in Debo. You struggle to score runs until Nichols makes mistakes and kind of lets you back in the game when the pitcher throws the ball into the outfield, and you, you had two on, nobody out in the ninth. or I'm sorry, in the eighth. You had an opportunity to win it with a guy at third base with less than two outs, couldn't get him home. Uh, and then, of course, you know, what happened in the ninth with with Nichols being able to score that that run to win the game and – I don't know how many times we've been walked off this year, but it feels like 15. Havard recovered well after that first inning. You know, it was great to see Drew Shiflett look like the guy we thought we recruited. You know, that's a great thing. But, man, the lineup is so inconsistent. Some days they look like they're just going to set the world on fire. Some days it's like they can't compete against 
freshman arms that have eight ERAs and really, I mean, mediocre stuff. The guy from Troy is who I'm talking about. What was your impression of the midweeker this week? And uh, do you guys think we can head into South with a little bit of momentum? I mean, it's not good. It's not good. It's a microcosm. It's a microcosm of the season, like you said. I mean, you only had, what, two or three hits leading up to the ninth. Um, I thought the plate discipline in the ninth was fantastic. but then Four total hits, Jerry. Four total hits and, and poor Connor Higgs, man. Like you, you pinch hit him with one out and he strikes out at a fastball. Um, and really, I want to say out of the 11 at bats, he struck out like seven or eight times. So he hasn't really found his niche yet. Um, I thought pitching did okay to piece together after the first inning of what, giving up three or four runs. But at the same time, we still haven't solidified a bullpen. We really haven't solidified, um, a pitching rotation. And I keep saying that I keep saying that cause it's so important. Um, and just like you said, losing that game in the ninth inning, the way we did, is just a microcosm of kind of what we've experienced this year. It was frustrating and we still had a chance to win. That's what's so aggravating. Like we, all these losses, a lot of these losses, we have had chances to win. We just haven't taken it. Um, this weekend I'm nervous. I mean, that's just the reality. I'm nervous. Top 30 team coming in arch rival. They're loaded. They swept us last season. They pretty much got most of their team back. Uh, they're good in all three phases, pitching, defense, and with the bats. So, I mean, we're going to have to be on our P's and Q's. Uh, we can't walk can't walk batters, can't give up boneheaded hits, can't give up, you know, commit boneheaded errors, because that's a team that will make you pay. They'll, they'll score a lot of runs if you make those type of mistakes. So, I mean, we're going to have to play our – it's like a kid being – you know, you tell your kid, be on your best behavior when you go to, to you know, somewhere, right? we got to be on our – our best uh, performance, right? We got to give our best performance this weekend because you, you, this, this type of game, you make one little mistake, you're, 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 you're going to be playing catch up. So I'm nervous. I am. I, I hope that we can at least show up this weekend and I hope we, our pitching is better than it has been. And I hope it just shows some consistency on all three phases and, and, and get some, get some wins. Cause look, you win this series, man that's a big confidence boost moving forward and conference play should ease up a little bit moving forward as well. How many times have we used that word consistency over the last two weeks about this program? Too many. Um, you guys said everything there is to say about that game. I knew in the ninth when we didn't push that run across to, to, to the, the go ahead run across and we kept it tied. I knew that was bad news for us. And, in, in the past, I think we've had teams where we get to the ninth tied or we get to the ninth with a win and we're like, all right, we got this. That's all we needed. We needed to tie it up. This is not the team yet. Uh, hopefully it can get get to be that team. But it reminds me of an old uh, story that Rogue told me before he passed where we went to McNeese one year. Ian Colley was, I think, a second baseman, a shortstop. And his mom baked cookies for the team for after the game at Nichols. And we drove over to Nichols and absolutely got our butts whipped. And it was so unacceptable to Robe at the time that we lost to Nichols that when we got back, he had the entire team run outfields while he and Bab ate the cookies that Ian Colley's mom brought for the team. So I'm hoping that when we got back from Thibodeau, that's exactly what he, what, what Deggs did. Um, I'm looking not necessarily looking ahead, but I'm still looking for that player on this team that's going to get pissed off. Like Rogue was pissed off that night when we lost. I don't see it yet. I'm waiting for a player only team meeting, somebody to step in, up and call that 
Jace Conrad would have done it. Scott Dolman would have done it back in the day. I don't know who that guy is on the team, but I think if we're going to get better this season, we have got to have a player step up and be that leader and get pissed off when we lose and hold that player only meeting and call people out and say, we got to get it together because again, we have the talent. We've seen the talent on the team. Now pitching is a little scary on that regard, but as a team, our hitters were better than we're sh- we've been showing these past few games. So if we're going to turn it around, we got to get that attitude. I think Degg's tried. He's tried. He's got tossed from, for, from in two games this season. Both. I agree with why he got tossed. He should have gotten tossed because that umpire at Nichols was awful. But it, I think he's trying to get that passion with the team and show it and say, hey, somebody step up and be this pissed off. I just don't think we have it yet. So now all we got to do is go face South Alabama, who you alluded to, Jerry, just had three straight weekend sweeps. Hey, can we do it? Yes. Is it impossible? No. Is it likely? No. But if somebody gets pissed off, if let's say Friday night, we go out and get embarrassed tonight, right? If somebody gets pissed off, calls a team meeting, calls people out, you know, says, get it together. Maybe we see a little bit of a turnaround. I don't know. I'm just, this is, this is the worst possible team to face in this predicament. So we'll see how this weekend goes. Not, uh, not going to be too, too much of a pessimist, but also just going to temper my expectations for the weekend. The good thing is that we play better at home and we typically play better when we have emotion and, I don't know what South Al means to this year's version of the Raging Cajuns baseball team. I know the fans hate South Al still, and we have that that battle. But yeah. I, I can tell you this. Last year, we got embarrassed over there. I went to all three games, and I remember we had rain delays, and I think the last game was played on Monday. The Sunday game was played on Monday or something, or, or it was late Sunday night. Maybe it was a doubleheader on Sunday. That's what it was. Those guys remember that series, the guys that are still here. I remember Connor Kimple told me personally that that series really pissed off a lot of guys on the team. But, you know, uh, two things. Who is the guy? Like, if you had to guess, who is the guy to get pissed off and embarrass some teammates? You know, I say embarrass. Call somebody out for loafing or call somebody out for being lazy or making an error or a, a bad base running mistake or something that hurts the team in a very detrimental way. Who's going to be called out or who is going to do the calling out, I guess, is the better question. If I had to, to guess, man, I don't even know. I, if I had to guess, I would say Kyle DeBarge, actually, which is ridiculous because he's an 18-year-old freshman, and that's, that's not good enough. I don't know how good the senior leadership is on this club. Listen, Nick, we've got great guys on the team. This is not me taking, you know, I have no, I'm not taking umbrage with their character. They're good dudes. I, I, know, I know some of them. But who's the gritty dude? Who's the asshole of the bunch? Who, who do you think? Because I, I can't name one. Yeah, I can't either, man. I mean, everybody loves C.J. Willis, but he ain't going to be that guy, right? So C.J. Willis, I get is, it. he's as nice as a love bug. You know what I That's mean? That's what like, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But it's it goes, and I'm going to, I'm sorry I keep bringing Robe stories back, but Robe said years ago when we, you know, after the 2014 season, I think we had a disappointing season. And he said, you know, that team, we lost and people would get pissed off. Our players would be pissed and they go out there and they hit in the cages and they try to fix it, call meetings. And he said, this team here, 
oh, they're just going to go home and play on their Xbox and try again tomorrow. He said, they don't care. And that has a lot to do with travel ball and everybody gets a trophy and you know, Hey, you tried real hard. So I, who you said the bars is probably the only one I can think of, but I, I don't know. I, it, but somebody's got to step up at this point. Somebody out of maybe a little bit out of character that would surprise the heck out of everybody. But who who is it? I that's a great question. Actually, Connor Higgs is also uh, would be my second candidate to get mad. But you know, I, I agree that they don't. It seems like teams in the past, and I'm not talking about this particular team, but teams in the past, we'd lose. Meh. We'll try again tomorrow. And and as a person who played, you know, 25 years ago, I, that that irks me and bugs me to my core. One thing, I've been critical of Deggs on some things, but one thing that I'll never question about Deggs is his desire to win. He wants to win. He wants to get after you. I don't, I still am trying to figure out if I like getting thrown out at Nichols on a Wednesday. I, I don't know, because you know, after you get thrown out a few, what is it, four times you get suspended? I forget what the number is. I don't know if I love that, okay? I mean, if you're looking to get pissed off, hey, what, save it for Saturday after, you know, whatever happens on Friday, save it for Saturday against South Al and raise hell and make these guys understand that these rivalries mean something to these fans and to this team and this program. I I would save it for that. But look, that's a small thing. It's just something I noticed. That umpire was atrocious. I I won't argue with that. That was horrible. Yeah, I think he saved my brother from getting tossed from that game. So maybe that was part of it too. I don't know. And and I'm glad that the coaching staff is still that invested. I mean, we need that. But Well, I think going into this weekend, what's very important is this is a weekend that can really turn your season around if you do it right. If you play the cards right, you will get a series win. That can build so much confidence in your team. And maybe this is the type of of caveat that can set off a few players from becoming leaders, right? That can set off the the kind of – that can put – that can kind of set off the gunpowder to the cannon, right? Um, if, if, If they get the job done this weekend against a really good team that a lot of people really aren't picking us to win, uh, you know, two out of three or sweep. I mean, like we talked about, like, like Nick said, you know, to, is it most likely to happen? Probably not. All right, boys, let's, let's, let's get into the nitty gritty with South Al coming to town after they swept us last year. Like we mentioned already, not great. Uh, some of the guys on the team that came back, like we mentioned, have already said it kind of stuck in their craw after that, that series. In Mobile. So we brought on Dave Schultz to come and talk to us about South Al Jags in the 2022 season. I was going over some stats here, Dave, and uh, the South Alabama pitching staff as a team rank eighth nationally in whip. That is outstanding and terrifying, quite honestly, for a Cajun offense that's been kind of sputtering here and there. Uh, talk to us about the South Al pitching staff. Uh, a couple of things as guys who like to, uh, you know, have their school properly, uh, named. So I got yelled at when I was called at South Alabama, South Alabama. So, yes, um, my bad. I'll fix that. Also, um, didn't, you know, I haven't gone back and looked. Didn't the, the, uh, the Cajuns blow all three games last year? Didn't they have a lead late all three games and blow it all three times? Is that me or? Well, I remember we left an ungodly amount of runners on base. Okay. All and, right. Uh, rain issues kind of compounded on on that because you know you sit in the hotel, blah blah blah. You know the excuses. Sure. The uh, the pitching starting the weekend pitching has been fabulous. The back of the bullpen has been really good. I just don't know. So there's two things going on with South Alabama. All right, they're playing extremely well, 
and yet I still don't know how good they are. Right? I think even after losing to Auburn 13-12, to in a game they probably should have won, uh, they still have like the 170th ranked schedule. And so they got a nice little uh, week or so here, Auburn, the Cajuns, and Alabama. And before they lost to Auburn, uh, they had a higher RPI than the two SEC teams and their Sun Belt brethren. And, you know, Miles Smith has been fantastic. JoJo Booker has been fantastic. The, the entire weekend staff has been outstanding, right? They have, you know, before the Auburn game, I think they had won seven in a row and 14 out of 15. They had two seven-game winning streaks, basically back-to-back. And so now they've won, what, 14 out of 16? Uh, their lineup is much deeper than it was last year. And, again, they're playing really well. I just don't know how good they are based on who they played. And you can only beat who you've played so far. And, you know, the Texas State, the Cajuns are coming, right, this weekend. Texas State will be coming up. Georgia Southern is coming up. But I'm not sure how good anybody else is in the Sun Belt. So we'll see. And as, as you guys know, uh, the Sun Belt's a little bit different in baseball compared to the other sports. Uh, softball is included in that. That, uh, you know, you can get a two-bid uh, league if you're high enough and at large. So important for the Jags to keep on winning and get into that, you know, top 30 potentially. You want to be higher than 30, uh, you know, for an at-large berth so you're not, you know, you don't have to win the Sun Belt Conference Tournament, which, I mean, they did last year. But, I mean, that's, you know, you need some good play and a little bit of luck uh, to do that. And so, you know, the Jaguars have been playing incredibly well. As I said, I don't know how good they are based on who they play. Sun Belt is healthy this year, number five currently in league RPI, which it's still early. understand that. But, you know, it's something to look at. Uh, like opponents for the Cajuns and the Jags, obviously Southern Miss. Talk to me about how right. they looked in those two games. They split with Southern Miss. We're at. Uh, Southern Myth, I think that had to do with last year, something along those lines, but okay. that's okay. okay. So um, they got, as they have most of the year, they got out to a lead uh, and blew the first one but came back to win it, I'm thinking, in like 16 innings or something along those lines. Maybe it's 13 innings. Uh, and then they played in a miserable, you know, cold, you know, wet spring mist. wasn't really pouring, but one of those annoying cold rains. And they had that game won, and they blew it when uh, one of their relievers airmailed a throw to first base, and that was that. Was that. Um, so they, they had two close games against Southern Miss. They won one, and uh, they lost one. Southern Miss is pretty good. They got a pretty good RPI. I think they're higher than 40, so that helps them out uh, as well. They had oh, those pretty good. What did, what did the Cajuns do against Southern Miss? Well, it wasn't, wasn't great. Uh, we had an opportunity to win the series, but at home you expect to, uh, to play a little bit better on Sunday. Uh, but, you know, right. I, I thought that they – I thought that Southern Miss actually brought out the best in the Cajuns, which is why I actually have some expectations this weekend against uh, the Jaguars. Just because based uh -huh. on performance against better teams, we've played our best baseball. Still TBA on Saturday, though? We don't have a weekend pitcher for Saturday yet? Yeah, that old nasty uh, hurler, TBA, on Saturday. We're going to go tally tonight and Wilson on Sunday. That's the uh, scuttlebutt around the complex. All right. Well, it'll be, it'll be fun. I don't know how many times there are double squeezes in the same game by the two different teams, but the uh, I saw the Cajuns have done it this year, and South Alabama has done it uh, at least twice, if not more. 
Yeah, so, I don't I don't expect a ton of that this this weekend. But hey, look, I'm hoping that I'm I'm hoping for good games. We're gonna have great weather this weekend. It's a great rivalry. Okay. We're gonna have great fan yeah. participation. Uh, are you gonna be in town? Uh, not as of right now, but you never know things could change. Sure, I'm surprised uh, you didn't take the opportunity yeah. to come down and eat. I probably I probably should have, and may still do that. I, I wouldn't be able to come until tomorrow anyway. But uh, it is an opportunity for me to come down there. I need, do, to, yeah. I need to think about that. What's going on with it? What's what's going on with the Cajuns? It kind of feels like it's the same thing year after year. What are we in year three of bags? And it kind of feels like. Well, it's, lack of hitting and inconsistent pitching. It's it's year two and, and some change. Obviously, you know, COVID year, okay. full season right. last year. But yeah, you're right. I think that the same trends start to emerge. I've made that argument. I think that there's a lot that we can't quite figure out with this particular team. I, the talent is there. I thought we had the talent offensively last year, and, and obviously, you know, we had the two right. top ten round starting pitchers on Friday and Saturday. Um, and we won 30 games in the regular season, and I thought we should have been a 35-40 to 40 win team with that type of, of, of presence on the mound for the weekend. So, Dave, you know, I, I'm trying to do my best not to be too critical too early, but there's some, some troubling things that are starting to happen. And, uh, you know, you gotta let him, you got to let the man coach, and I understand. This is, he's had three off-seasons. You know, people talk about how COVID was a detriment to a lot of programs. Well, in some cases, there, there are benefits to what COVID did to some programs with, you know, team building and, you know, you get your super seniors to come back and a little bit of leadership can can help a young team. That said, we have a lot of new players. We're starting an 18-year-old freshman at shortstop. There's going to be ups and downs. I don't know. I don't I don't think we we have written the story for this team yet, obviously, but there's some troubling things. I'll put it that way. Uh, to quote uh, Wedding Crashers, it's not that early, or to paraphrase Wedding Crashers, it's not that early anymore, right? We're in the second week in the conference play. It's true. We're five weeks into the season. So, uh, you know, I mean, there's another team out there. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but they may still be ranked. They certainly don't deserve to, but Mississippi State's got like 120 RPI. Like the defending national champions aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Wow. The thing is, their schedule will, will uh, improve, and if they win, they'll be fine. But my goodness. They are struggling, and you know, I guess to paraphrase something else, you know, is it uh, Yogi Berra? It's it's uh, it's getting it's getting late very early, as they used to say. Anytime you can quote, anytime you can quote Yogi Berra, I'm in. Yeah, Um, right. Yeah, man. You know, Texas State out west is just killing it, and you know, look at Troy. Troy, they swept our ass, so obviously (laughs) we we have a certain perspective. But they look strong. They they can pitch. They have a bullpen this year, and obviously they're going to score runs with that uh, new head coach. Who I always forget his name. They're going to score runs. And that's a new head coach. Yes, right. That's a new coach. Yes. So yeah. How about that? Yeah, this this whole idea about yeah. this uh, two and a half year rebuilding thing over here in Lafayette is this why I'm not buying it. I mean, this guy at Troy is already having. An immense amount of success, and we're in year uh, .25. So, uh, right. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we have all the resources we need, and we should be more competitive in my view. But you know the right. landscape. You were here long enough. You understand. Uh, correct. But, I, you know, I'm one of those guys that think that maybe they, it just all came together, you know, in, what, in, in uh, 2014? And then was it the, the next year? Didn't they need the Grand Slam just to win the Sun Belt Conference tournament? Yes. Was that the next year, right? And then, you know, the ace for Houston, I think, in that year kind of blew up on the mound, right? He just got destroyed. He couldn't throw a strike. He went all Chuck Knobloch. They Nod walked Lock. themselves home. Yeah. Yeah, they walked themselves home. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I don't know. Just yeah, but feel, then, Dave, like that. you got to remember, you turn around and host a regional in 2016. So you, I mean, you had you had a sustained, uh, sustained period of, of success there, and you know, that's right. Was that Gunner's? Was that Gunner's uh, freshman year? No, fifteen was Gunner's freshman year. Nick, you can correct me if I'm wrong uh, on that, but I'm pretty okay. sure that's correct. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, well, listen, Dave, appreciate you joining us. I know you got things going on, but we always appreciate your insight. Looking forward to South Alabama Jaguars coming through and and having a, a good baseball weekend. I love rivalries, you know that. Need more hate in sports, all that. I love it when South Alabama comes to town. So if you do decide to come what? through, let me know. Well, dude, where's McGinn? Is he big timing you guys now? Big time radio host? No, big timer is too busy for us peasants down here now. Yeah, yeah. See how that works out? <laughs> See how that works out? You get it. He's not doing a three-hour radio show. He's doing a two-hour radio show. You could do that, you know, sleeping. You radio guys, you know, it's, you get a little success, and, you know, you just you sit up on that high horse and look down at the rest yeah. of us. Yeah, hey, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, say yeah. this. I'll say this on the. I'll say this on behalf of Matt. Hashtag shut up, Dave. <laughs> well played. All right, Dave. See ya, <laughs> Nick. That was perfect. Dude. All right, boys. We got South Al coming. We're gonna try to win a series at home. Like I said, I feel like we play better at home and play our best baseball. So, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We aired our grievances. We talked about baseball, and uh, I really hope that the Rebounders Club listens to this episode. That would just really make my weekend. And Jerry cringes, and he sinks into his chair as I say that. Any last words, boys? I, I'm just going to say uh, win a game this weekend, and I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> One game is all I'm asking at this point, but, uh, hey, go Cajuns. Whatever. I just want to win. Uh, this weekend's a golden opportunity, like I said, to turn the season around. This could be a caveat for momentum moving forward. Um, the schedule gets a little bit easier compared to our non-conference weekend uh, series that we've played. So this is a golden opportunity for that. Uh, it's at home. It's like you said, nice weather, arch rival, should be good crowds. Um, if I'm a baseball player in that locker room right now, I'm fired up about this weekend because you have an opportunity to make a statement and to show what we're really capable of. So looking forward to it. Hope to see you guys at the, at the Teague tonight and this weekend. Um, and as far as the other conversation, um, look, we're fans. We're fans. We're not, we're not Lafayette media. We're not, you know, this isn't uh, Stephen A. We're, we're, we're fans. So we have our opinions. You have yours. And um, we're just going to continue to do that. And we're just, we're just fans who have a passion for this athletic program. So, um, we appreciate the feedback from people and look, fans have questions on social media. Uh, want to message us? Look, just feel free, feel free to ask, you know, <laughs> I think we're pretty approachable people. So, uh, that's really my spiel and, uh, hope we have a good weekend, um, at the Teague and, oh, I know we didn't mention softball, but softball has an opportunity to get back on track as well. Uh, I think we're at what? 66 straight, um, conference wins or I'm sorry conference series wins so something like that hopefully we keep that streak going yep good luck softball uh, I think Sam's gonna pitch a good bit this weekend she's healthy again so good for her hope the team can get some W's and the last last bit on the fan thing look I'm not gonna tell you how to be a fan just stay in your fan neighborhood and don't piss on my driveway that's all I'm saying all right boys me and Big Cat are gonna go play golf y'all have a great weekend go you out.